This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 257, Hypnotic Framing. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Before we get started, do I have your permission for things to get a little weird? Hey, it's Jason Lynette, and this week's episode is incredibly fresh, and I say that because just about seven or eight days ago at the time of this recording, I had the great honor to share the opening keynote at the 2020 ICBCH Winter Hypno Conference out in Las Vegas. A huge thank you to Dr. Richard Nongard for the invite to share that opening keynote, uh, which somehow became a bit of a running gag for the rest of the uh, three days that that event was going on. And this is an episode like several that I've shared before where I'm going to give you two options of how you can interact with this recording. Option number one, you can continue listening to this podcast episode that you've probably now already downloaded on your favorite podcasting software. So option one, continue business as usual. Option number two is one of those rare moments where I give you full permission to stop this recording and instead head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. If you look in the top left of the browser, there's a search bar. You can type in the word framing, and that's the easiest way to track down this episode. Actually, let's call that now the second easiest way, because the easiest way is we'll uh, let the digital gremlins create a redirect for us. And if you simply head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash framing, F-R-A-M-I-N-G, that will uh, automatically redirect over to the show notes for this episode, where you can watch the video presentation of this. And while you're there, since I had it uh, produced for the audience that was uh, there out in Las Vegas last week, you can also go there to download the full transcription of this presentation. The basic idea of this workshop was this. Um, well, first of all, I, ha- I-, I cut out the tongue-in-cheek opening because we were a little pressed for time as we started about five minutes late. But I was going to playfully open up with the fact that Which, before I say this, thank you, everybody. Uh, Mid-America Hypnosis 2017, Canadian Hypnosis Conference 2017, HypnoThoughts 2017, Australian Hypnotherapist Association World Conference in 2019. Uh, This past week was my fifth time giving the keynote at a hypnosis conference, which, again, wow and thank you. (laughs) Uh, But second of all, enough motivation already. I wanted to get up for a solid hour and teach why I think hypnosis works. And on top of that, how do we take techniques that actually work and make them even more effective? And the whole principle was one that I've been holding back for a while, the concept of going placebo on techniques that actually work, which is where the transcription of this presentation is going to be massively valuable to you. Because Some of it does come down to a few powerful phrases that if you simply add them before, during, and after the work that you do, you're going to take the great results you might already be seeing as a hypnotist and make them even greater. So once again, to watch the video or to download the transcription of this presentation, simply head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash framing. That'll bring you directly over to the right place. And while you're online too, of course, check out Hypnotic Workers. It's the all-access pass to my hypnosis training digital library. Techniques for change you won't find anywhere else, instant and rapid inductions, and a whole different philosophy of how we can phenomenally work interactively with our clients. Get the all-access pass plus full client session demonstrations over at hypnoticworkers.com. And with that, let's jump directly.
directly into the Las Vegas classroom as I shared the opening keynote at the 2020 ICBCH Winter Hypno Conference. Here we go, episode number 257, Hypnotic Framing. So before we get started, we do things a little different here. And let me kick off with a bit of a story. And the story behind this, let me give this a little bit of an intro before I get into it, which would basically be that I am not about to say these techniques I'm about to talk about may not be effective because I firmly believe they are. However, I tell you the story to build the idea that maybe there might be some elements to the work that are going on that if we don't properly harness them, we're missing out on some of the most powerful change work possible. There's a principle in business that I love, which is called launch with raving fans, which is that you have the people who were already in your program and then when you do an update, everybody gets the updates and they don't have to pay extra. It's where I basically do two programs and we just funnel everything into those two. Well, this story is about a friend of mine who had sold all sorts of hypnotic audio prog programs online. And he was following this launch with raving fans model because he suddenly announced to his list, hey, if you bought my previous audio programs, whether it's weight loss, whether it's stop smoking or stress relief, we have done something amazing. We have remastered the audios with some amazing technologies. They have something called binaural beats, and here's what that's going to do. They have subliminal methods, and here's what that's gonna do. And stay tuned to your email on Friday, because on Friday, if you bought it before, you don't have to pay me again, we're gonna send you the new version of the audio. So fast forward a few weeks, and he's starting to get these emails from people who have now listened to his audience. And this one person responds and she goes, you know, I bought that program from you a couple of years ago, and you know, I have to tell you politely, I don't think it worked for me. And it was only $25, and it just wasn't worth the frustration about you know, using your refund policy, maybe it was me, but you know what? I listened to the new audio program, and this time, just like that, I quit smoking. No cravings, no withdrawal, this is amazing. Thank you so much, these new technologies are amazing. I could hear them, and that really helped me this time. Some of you are already guessing the next part of the story. <laughs> because he realized a mistake was made, and it really was a mistake. Because there were two versions of the audio, right? There was the original one with, without all those technologies, and then here was the new one with all the new technologies. And here's his assistant who was taking care of going through the database, finding the email addresses, cross-referencing, and sending out the new audio, only to realize it was the same one as before. So take a moment and think about that, that here was the audio, and from one simple perception that it was different, they got a different reaction. There's a moment in my career as a hypnotist where everything kind of changed rather rapidly. I'm working uh, in my office, and those of you that know me, my quality of record keeping is a little um, crazy. <laughs> I can track everything. I can see who's watched videos. Um, I can see what you're wearing, Ray, when you listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> But what I'm getting at is I get this email from this guy who goes, and again, it's a reference to a stop smoking experience. He messages me and the story was, this was amazing. Ever since you hypnotized me, I haven't smoked at all. And this is bothering me because for the first time, I can't figure out who this guy is. I'm like, I'm cross-referencing everything, okay? So maybe I used to sell things on PayPal, maybe it's that. Back when I got my start as a stage hypnotist, even, this is glamorous, even if I was at a moose lodge selling CDs, I would get their email address and I tracked everything. So the fact that I can't track down who this guy is, 
I finally just have to break all protocol just to message the guy back to go, when did we work together? And here's the rest of the story. Uh, I got my start doing stage hypnosis and I would often do fundraising programs for schools. And sometimes at these fundraising programs for schools in the evening, maybe some of the faculty would volunteer, maybe some of the teachers would volunteer, parents, and he was a dad of one of the students who volunteered for the show. And he knows that people quit smoking because of hypnosis. And because he got hypnotized, he quit smoking. Now, I'm not going back to the video of this program going, did I say something about cigarettes? Did I say something? Because some people in their shows do this whole closing moment of, I'm going to give you a positive suggestion for change, which I never did that. But no, he knows that people who get hypnotized have the ability to quit smoking. And because he got hypnotized, he quit smoking. And I'm in my head going, do I message this guy and tell him, no, 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 wait, I'm supposed to talk about the thing. But from his perspective, because he was successfully hypnotized, and it's moments like this that I sometimes realize we might be working a little too hard. <laughs> which I want to give you the opening framework to everything we're about to get into, which is there's a uh, phrase that I've been using for this principle that I've been purposefully holding back because I think you need to hear the entire thing for it to make sense. Because we're familiar with the concept of placebo, which is where you take something that's ineffective and make it effective by proper framing. There's also the other not talked about as much concept of nocebo, where you take something that is effective, but by improper framing, now it doesn't work. I can think back to a couple of years ago, I had some allergies issues that were going on. And doctor number one says to me, well, here's this new medication. Nothing else has worked for you. Try this one, see if that one actually does something. Like, yay, there's excitement and compliance. <laughs> Here comes the second doctor who goes, you know what? I'm going to prescribe you something kind of new. Now, there's no generic yet. So your insurance is going to cover all of it. It's going to be a little pricier. However, it combines the nuances of this medication and that medication to give you these benefits without those side effects. Now, you have to have it in your system for like two weeks to really notice the strong changes. So let's go ahead and schedule like three weeks out to follow up. And I'm two weeks into this medication until I realize it was the same one. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, the principle is, how do you go placebo on techniques that actually work? How do we take methods of hypnosis, as our whole current trend nowadays is that of evidence-based strategies? How do we take things that we already know are effective, but frame them in a slightly better way to take those results and really just explode them out? That's where we're going this morning. Which, a bit of a preview to all of this, and uh, if you're furiously writing down as I put some of these things up here, I'm going to make all these slides available to all of you. Uh, this is right out of Roy Hunter's Art of Hypnosis book. He refers to it as one of the formulas for hypnosis, B-I-C-E. We have to start with belief, we have to have imagination, credibility, and expectation. And if you don't have those four elements in your hypnotic process, some elements of it will begin to fall apart. So they have to believe in the process actually being effective. They have to be able to imagine that they can actually make the change. The process itself has to have some credibility, Otherwise, they wouldn't actually come into the office, and they have to have the expectation that they can actually produce the change. And basically where we're going this morning is taking this formula and just layering it on top of all that we do. Because again, by taking these techniques, the thing I want to stress over and over, techniques that actually work. And by changing the framework of how we put them all together, that's where we can take our process from great to even more amazing. 
So let's kind of go step by step because a lot of this is really marking through a lot of the work that I do with my clients. And again, I can see some people are furiously writing down, those of you that know my style, uh, I'm gonna make this video available to all of you, which all the videos of this conference are gonna be made available to you, uh, but I'm gonna get my crack team of digital squirrels on this, that by the end of the day tomorrow, you're actually gonna have a full transcription of this entire presentation. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, good, so relax and watch, because <laughs> you're gonna get it all fully transcribed on out. I want to walk through something, which I'll detail this in more detail tomorrow, that's a sentence, which is that uh, the way that my business world works nowadays, and this is nicknamed after something from a book called Book Yourself Solid by Michael Port, uh, and it's the concept of the velvet rope strategy. In the shape of my local business, Virginia Hypnosis, you can't call me. And if you call me, there's actually a voicemail that now says, Given the volume of calls that we receive, not all voicemails can be responded to. However, for your benefit, please head over to virginiahypnosis.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L. -L. That's where you may schedule a specific time that I'll call you back guaranteed, which saves you on the frustration of phone tag. I'm putting all the benefit on them. So what happens in my world nowadays, which the side effect of this is I used to have a really good problem. I'd get about 30 calls a day which is outstanding, but not all of those calls were qualified. Now, because only a small select people go through that funnel system, we get like two or three a day and they're all ready to book at a premium. Join me tomorrow at four o'clock, I'll talk about that in more detail. But the benefit now becomes by the time I'm on the phone with that person, we already know what they're coming in for, we already know what their goals are, we've already sent them video testimonials and feedback surveys to further build up that expectation of the process. They've already filled out an application so they already know so much about their goal and what their issue is. So it comes down to this moment where now I call them at the scheduled time, and it begins with the phrasing of, great, is this still a good time to chat for a couple of minutes? Fantastic. Well, you filled out the application online, and the way this obviously works is that we're gonna talk about what your goals are, we'll talk about hypnosis, what it is and what it isn't, and then if I feel I can help you out, I'll explain how we can get started. Make sense? Which, the power of that phrase, by the way, just to f pull a few things out of it. By asking that question, it has given me every bit of permission at the end of the call to make a sales pitch. Well, because they're calling a business. But I've completely explained the process. I've heard some people say, oh, if they call you up and ask you, how many sessions is it? How much? Oh, they're just price shopping. They're just looking for a bargain, which, no. <laughs> what other questions would you ask? So at the beginning of that phone call, I'm able to hit them right away with, so the way that this obviously works is that we're gonna talk about what your goals are. I'll explain hypnosis, what it is and what it isn't. And then if I feel I can help you out, I'll explain how we can get started. Makes sense. And by getting that yes at that point, I have the full right. So anybody who may be sales sensitive, I'm only leading to the next step. That being said, some of you have already smiled because you've realized something else that happened inside of that. How wonderful is it in the first 15 seconds on the phone with your client to land the statement, this obviously works. <laughs> so to build that foundation where again, they have that mindset of what is this, how is it gonna go out, and just folding that into the process in a very polite, professional way. So clearly the way that this obviously works is we'll talk about this, we'll talk about that. Makes sense? And now we're into that conversation, which by the end of that, they know they're reaching out to a business and I'm gonna make that specific offer at the end of it. But the process keeps going on from there. Before we get started, 
which for those of you remember back about six or seven minutes ago was the first thing I said when I came up here. We haven't started yet, have we? Yeah, we have. <laughs> uh, there's about a third of us who are going to see a show up the road, Alan New, who's doing a mentalism show up at the uh, Oyo Hotel. And the story's not about him. It's about someone who's in that industry. It's a mind-reading magic show, and the producers of his program said, look, if you're gonna do this program, you need to come out to the audience at the beginning of the show and tell your audience that you, know, you can't really read people's minds. You can't really predict their future. You need to give them a disclaimer that what you're about to do is not real. And my friend who did this program was fighting them on that idea. And he finally goes, okay, well, if we're gonna do it, let's do it my way. And he comes out on stage as the performance begins. The lights don't change, the fluorescent lights are on. He just walks out. He goes, yeah, 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 quiet the applause. I gotta tell you something before we get started. Um, the producers of this program said that I have to come out and explain to you that basically I can't do the stuff I'm about to do. I have to come out and tell you that everything you're about to see is a magic trick or it's just a trick or something fake and just let me give you people credit. You've bought tickets to a show. There's lighting, there's theatrics. Clearly, let me just do this the right way. Everything I'm about to say is fake. Nothing I'm about to say is real. I cannot do anything it's gonna look like I'm about to do. But before we get started, let me draw your attention to this table over here. And the entire performance hinges on the whole framework of before we get started. So have you ever had that client before who comes in as maybe a little cautious because they're doing something they've never done before? And so much leverage can be done about the phrase of before we get started, which I may even be guilty of layering this framework in even during the session. We're past induction, we're into some you know, profound change work and suddenly, and even before we get started, notice now you can begin to repeat this phrase in your mind. So again, this framework of putting that before we get started mindset on top of something just to expand out even from there. There's another one, which a lot of these are just examples of things that I've layered into the work over the years, which by one thing starts to build that expectation that something is about to happen. And also by doing so, really starts to uh, set the framework of how this process is gonna be a little different than what they may have done before which is that uh, I give some credit to Ken Guzzo for part of this, which is that he does an extremely high-powered, high-powerful greeting in the lobby, and you're not allowed to then move back to the hypnosis room until that greeting is established. There's a little adjustment that I've added inside of that, and I've done it in other ways with like finger magnets, other suggestibility tests as well, which is that when you walk into my office, here's the lobby, the hypnosis room is back over there. And my whole goal of this is that coming from the mindset that our clients don't wake up one day and suddenly realize, oh wait, I have a problem, I need a hypnotist, right? Our people have usually done a little bit of everything else before they end up in the space with us. So therefore, it is our ethical responsibility to break that framework of another thing that's not going to work, another thing that's not going to work, another thing that's not going to work, to kind of shock that system, respectfully, <laughs> and then bring them into a positive experience. So we're in the lobby, we're chatting, and then suddenly there's a moment where I zero in directly on them and say, before we get started, sounds familiar, <laughs> before we get started, for your benefit and mine, I am extremely impatient. And let me explain what I mean by that. It's not to rush you out the door, because we've got all the time that we need. What I mean by that is so many models of change are based upon the idea of fingers crossed, hope it works, let me know next week. And I've been at this for more than a dozen or so years full time, and just, I gotta tell you, I got kind of tired of that, you know, the game of, well, you're here next week. I see a lot of people for public speaking and I have to wait for their presentation. 
So for your benefit and mine, please join me in this impatience because you're going to see there's things that we're going to layer into the time together that we're not moving to the next step until you and I are both satisfied. We've got this. Sound good? Yeah, great. Come on back. So in my world, they're not allowed to graduate to the hypnosis room until that framework is now established. That along the way, there's going to be these moments of checking in to see the result is already in motion, which we'll talk about some of those frameworks of how we do that along the way. So again, taking techniques that we already know are effective, changing the framework around it, and we can get even stronger results. Uh, credit to Stephen Blake out of the UK. Some of you know his program, Old Pain to Go. And this is uh, a bit of a cleaned up version of something that I heard him say, which even he swears he didn't say it this way, but I believe he did. <laughs> so during this process today, you might tell me something that's been very difficult for you. And I might smile. And it's not because I'm rude. It means that I've realized that's what we get to go in together today and help to clean up. So if you tell me something that's been difficult and suddenly I start smiling about that, it means I've seen the before. Let's go in together and create the after. Sound good? Which the benefit of something like that is that again, here's this mindset of they've been telling that story, they've been telling that story, they've been telling that story. As a side note to this, I'm of the mindset of all hypnosis that all these techniques work. You just have to use them. So to look at how we're a community that sometimes people will play the game of, that technique's not as good, this one's more effective, this one, you can't get permanent results without that method. Well, all this stuff works. You just have to use it. And it's a matter of what's appropriate for the person on that specific day. Uh, I won't take any one technique and say, that's not as good as this, because for that one specifically, that might be the best fit. So as a preview to this, my client who comes in, and the more you tell me the story as to how bad things have been in the past, the more we're not gonna give you the conscious satisfaction of dealing with that, because that's part of the problem already. So you might tell me something that's been very difficult for you, and I'm gonna smile. And it's not because I'm a jerk, it means I get to go in and we get to clean that up together. Make sense? Awesome. So again, by changing that mindset around it, rather than let me tell the life story, let me tell the life story, let me dig the problem even deeper. I have never said this next sentence to a client, but I say it in my mind sometimes. Or we can continue to talk about the problem for the next hour and a half to further convince each other that we can't resolve it. <laughs> Good, take a look at my hand and just close your eyes. <laughs> Which is that, again, looking at how we put it all together to build that framework inside of it and how we begin to build that all together. The, the favorite one, and giving credit where it's due, Lance Baker out of Australia. Now, the intro to this is he does Bob Burns' protocol, The Swan, which is a beautiful entry point to this one, which would be that moment to suddenly turn on the client respectfully <laughs> and simply say, hey, do I have your permission for things to get a little weird in here? as long as it works. Good, start tapping right here. <laughs> so let's call it out. A lot of our strategies that we would often use in hypnosis are things that people haven't typically done before. And to begin to frame it in such a way that now we're building that foundation, now we're building that interaction in such a way that now we're bringing them into the process. So that benefit of that interaction that again, what am I doing here? I'm building that really bit of focus and enhancing that focus up. So by the time we actually go into the session, they're already one, convinced it's going to be effective for them. Two, already putting themselves on the other side of that issue. And three, let's call it out, willing to follow those instructions to create those empowered results. 
which so far notice that I've done very little reference to specific individual techniques because my goal of this morning was to let all of this become extremely inclusive. So whatever your style of work is, whatever your style of work is, whatever yours is, we can take these principles and even to take what I've shared with you this morning and kind of back out of it for a moment and ask yourself, how do I take that one technique that maybe wasn't so effective and by changing the approach, which let's draw a correlation here, which is that when I talk about hypnosis for business, one of the catchphrases is that it's very rarely the platform. It's almost always the strategy which the best quick anecdote of that was years ago, I was at a convention talking about Facebook marketing. And this was a great event because I was being accosted in the hallways, in the elevator, in the men's bathroom, with people going, why are you teaching that? That doesn't work. And what my encouragement is to you this morning, take everything that we do as hypnotists and kind of pull out of that perspective and ask yourself, how do I make that even more effective? What can I do to, again, frame that process just that little bit differently to completely change the results based on that effect? Statement number two I made this morning, even before we got started, before we got started, <laughs> I do things differently here, which I have to say, this is something that I kind of held back from doing in my promotion, in my interaction with clients, in all my navigation of how I'd interact with my potential clients. But that power of the phrase, I do things differently here, which some of you have had this experience. You've had someone who has gone through hypnosis before with someone else, right? And then they came to you. And chances are there's two sides of this equation. One side of it might be they did it and it worked, which side note to that, you'd be a fool to not ask that person, hey, what do you remember of that process? What stands out as significant as how that other hypnotist helped you out? and then absolutely model, emulate whatever they describe as part of that change process. Now, on the other side of that too, they've done hypnosis and perhaps for them, it didn't work as well. Which again, ask the question once more. Well, what do you remember of that process? And then as you're listening, have that filter of going, how do I do things differently? Because if I'm matching your expectation, go back to the story of the doctor with the allergy medications, if I deliver the exact same instructions with the exact same techniques, do you think it will produce a different response? No? Well, it could. Because you know what? We'll do that, we'll do that again, and this time notice what's different. And the power of that phrase, ooh, there's a bonus, we'll do that again and notice what's different is that you could actually deliver the exact same instructions and suggestions again, but now the mind is looking for something to be different. I still see people scrolling down and writing all sorts of notes. Let me pass this around which if you plug in your email address, this is where I'll send over the video. I'll also get the transcription of this made and then any other references that you go for us. Just go ahead and get, pass that around. If, I don't, if you don't get to that, I'm gonna have that in the back of the room all today and throughout this week as well. So the power of the phrase, I do things differently here, gives me a lot of license to change up the process, mix up the expectation that again, the high powered greeting, the way that Ken does it, the way that I'll do it with that impatience line, to look at it as we're only moving to the next step, hurdles once the next part of the process is now in motion. Credit to the late, great Michael Elner for something that I picked up years ago, which was that, as he put it, if you ever don't know what to do with a client, ask. And this was his handling of something perhaps for hypnotic pain relief, which would be that in the process today, in terms of this pain issue that's been going on for quite some time that your doctor sent you here for, 
Uh, we could either metaphorically go into a control room and kind of find that sensor for that discomfort and tune that down to an appropriate level. Or you mentioned this has been causing you a lot of stress, a lot of frustration, it's been keeping you up at night. Today we can go in and deal with all of those emotional triggers. Of those two, which would be the most helpful for you? And I'm loving the nodding because the moment you ask that question and the moment you get a response, you have been given our good friend the hypnotic contract. That that person is now validating even before the hypnotic process begins, that's what's going to work best for me. Which, by the way, side note, when I ask the follow-up question, uh, do you save the other technique for the other sessions? And Michael goes, no, I always do them both. <laughs> so to look at how we can ask that question, when in doubt, ask. I do a lot of work with public speakers. I do a lot of work with business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs and such in terms of public speaking, which one of the things that I often ask of them, and I explain this to them the exact way I'm about to explain it to you. So in the process today, there's something we're gonna make use of that's called anchoring, which that's a little bit of our hypnotic terminology that we call it, but this is something you've done on your own your entire life. You hear a song on the radio, and it reminds you of everything you were going through when you first heard that song. You walk into a room and you smell something and it triggers the memories of specific foods or perhaps specific cleaning supplies. So it's basically a sensory experience connected to another sensory experience. But here's what's going to happen today. We're going to build up that empowered confidence within you. And at some point, you're going to activate again what we're going to call an anchor which is that anytime, anywhere, without anyone even realizing you're doing something, you can fire off that sequence and immediately turn on that confidence. Make sense? Yes, which by answering that, they're agreeing that they're gonna be able to do that. The other side of that too is now I begin to ask them a several questions. What's going to work best for you? Because as I work with my public speakers, for some of them it's as simple as a shift of posture, the shoulders back, for some people, it's a gesture as small as the finger and thumb touching each other. Or for some people, it's just channeling a specific word in your mind. You know the situation that you're going to be speaking in. What's going to be the best thing for you? So rather than all the dialogue that we often get into about being client-centered, choosing a specific finger, no, I'm pulling them in that moment. What's going to be the best for you? And even before we've done the hypnotic framework, we're now into the concept of when it's this shift of posture, then suddenly we bring that feeling back. And as soon as the session wraps, good, let your eyes open, stand on up. And notice what happens as you shift that posture. What's that feeling now? And we're validating that over and over and over throughout the process. But it all began by simply asking the person in that experience, here's a bit of a menu of all the things we can do in terms of that anchoring. And rather than, this is the key to this, uh, you'll hear Karen later on probably today say that she doesn't have a magic wand. And it doesn't matter how clever you think I am, it doesn't matter how clever you think you are, because the brilliance inside of your client is what we're harnessing with a strategy like this. Some people do this, some people do that, some people choose this, what's going to work best for you? And the moment we have that, which the quick story around this, I had a concert violinist who was suddenly losing confidence in his solos. And he comes in for one of our appointments. And he first goes, I'm from the Washington DC area, I've got this violin on loan from the Smithsonian, is it okay if I bring it into the office so it doesn't sit in the hot car? Which, of course. <laughs> and for him, what's going to work best for you? And he goes, you know that thing where the violinist tunes the violin and then they suddenly let go and like they're just kind of holding it under their chin? 
which we would freak out because this thing is on loan. It's like worth $80,000 from the Smithsonian. For him, it was that moment of holding the violin in place and that quick adjustment of his costume, of his clothing, and then into that solo. That, that was the charging up of that empowered state, which the end of the story was this is back in the days where I used to see clients one after the other. And I go, notice this, notice what happens as you play now, which by the way, I didn't say anything there. Notice what happens as you play now. He began to play a bit of the solo and suddenly you saw all the energy light up. You saw all the excitement rise and I could not resist walking out to the lobby to my second appointment going, and how are you gonna entertain me? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh. That being said, we can put a bit of a pre-talk on top of any technique that we do. So rather than think of the work we're about to do today as if like a magnifying glass where we're inspecting all of your past events and looking for the meaning and the insight and all the reasons why you had this issue, instead of that, I do things differently here. Instead of a magnifying glass, today's a bit like a slingshot where we're gonna pull back only with the intention of letting go. So we're only gonna dip briefly into those old experiences to then briefly let go and use that as the momentum to propel into the outcome you're here to create. Sound good? And they're already nodding. And what did I just perfectly describe there? Age regression, any technique that deals with the past. But the reason that I do that is that I'm less and less focused on the why. I'm less and less focused on the reasoning why it was there. This is not a Roy Hunter quote, but I've heard him say it, that when you go into a situation with a preconceived notion as to why it's there, you still have a 50-50 chance of being wrong. And the better question instead of why do I do this is better to ask, how do I stop it? So to take this metaphor of the magnifying glass, rather than inspecting it with a magnifying glass, we're pulling back with the expectation of then letting go which the benefit of that is now it puts less and less intention and get ready for some strong air quotations. It puts even less emphasis, emphasis on the theoretical initial sensitizing event. And it puts all the emphasis instead on the results they're going to create moving forward. So by using a bit of a metaphorical framework before going into any past experience, now I'm fully focusing every bit of their attention on the results that we're about to create together. So the formula for you is this, take any technique that you're currently doing. So you know how often you, when you find yourself in that issue, you kind of feel the sensation in your body? Well, we're gonna get your body moving as part of this process to help you to release that result even faster. Go see Patricia, her hypnokinesthetics is outstanding. <laughs> Another example as well, our clients often talk in techniques, which makes our jobs a whole lot easier. Well, you know, it feels like sometimes part of me wants this and part of me wants that. Hmm, <laughs> if only we had a method for that. <laughs> Which if they haven't brought it up, again, I'm gonna use this framework, I'm gonna use this framing technique to basically bounce the metaphors off the person to see if it's a fit. If it lands and they respond, even better. If it doesn't, what does that validate? I need to do something else. Um, so you ever get that sensation where like part of you wants this, but the other part of you is kind of holding you back? Well, something we're going to do in the process today is going to take these two parts and bring them together in such a way that rather than being two opposing parts, they can integrate as one part of you working in your best interest, working in harmony, which then as you can then open up into that one part of you, that's where it becomes so easy to live in this result. Sound good? Which, what did I just describe? The exact way that I do parts therapy. <laughs> it's a double arm levitation into a hand class testing convincer. It's all the kinesthetics of it. But again, by framing the process, the other example of this 
is that I had a woman one time who came in for stop smoking. And second session, she comes back and you know what? This is amazing. This is amazing. I haven't smoked at all. I've had every opportunity to, but you know I've been thinking about it. And somehow I found the way just in quiet conversation and small talk before we began, before we began, to then layer in this story of, you know, in the basement this weekend, we found a food dehydrator that even my wife and I didn't know that we had. Uh, and we're explaining to the kids what this thing is. And like we did the whole thing where you slice the apples, you rinse them with like some lemon water, that's how you keep them from turning brown. And only then after we had cleaned the food dehydrator, realized, hey, it doesn't work. So we did the only respectable thing as parents. We lied to our children. I drove to Trader Joe's and I just bought dried apples and said, look. <laughs> and there was never the thought of we need to go buy a new food dehydrator because we didn't even know we owned this thing. Which would seem like the most random of small talk, but she picks it up. Oh, I know, I've been doing low carb for years and I just realized the other week my toaster doesn't work and I just threw it out. What did she just now validate? The principle of going into a metaphorical space in her mind, finding things that don't belong and throwing them out, that's going to be a fit for her. So take any technique you do, and often by way of small talk, often by way of leading towards that intended result, we can produce that response, we can get that feedback even faster. A bit of a favorite of mine is that I tend to do age regression more uh, in terms of peak performance, getting in that state. Let's draw out three of your best moments of your life. Let's draw them out, let's stack those empowered anchors together, and let's use that as the momentum to propel you into your desired outcome. It's a whole sequence I call a success trigger. And inside of that, the sort of preamble to the technique. You ever have that day where by accident you feel really good? Which I know that's a bit of a weird statement, but you know, you've had that day where you wake up and you just feel more full of energy, you're more focused, you're getting things done more easily, you know, and you're kind of in your head at first asking yourself, did I eat something better last night? Is it the way that I slept? Or, you know, instead of just enjoying your problem, problem you're trying to problem solve this. Wouldn't it be great if you could choose to feel really good on purpose rather than just by accident? Well, as part of what we're gonna do today, we're gonna stack some of your best states of mind, some of your best abilities, and blend them together into that one empowered sort of peak performance state of mind, which, by the way, you're gonna be able to make use of practically anytime, anywhere, without anyone knowing you're doing something, to choose to feel that confidence on demand. Would that be helpful? Which, yeah. <laughs> but what have I just now done? By building that conscious buy-in, we've created that hypnotic framework. We've created that hypnotic contract that whatever we're about to go into, they've already agreed with me consciously, and let's even say unconsciously, it's going to be effective for them. So again, the framework to this is consider any techniques, which I've been holding this one back. There is a moment that I've been workshopping, which ever since I've put this in, my referrals are through the roof, my feedback from my clients has expanded substantially, and it happens because I simply layer in the phrase, here's the part you're going to be talking about later. <laughs> when in doubt, suggest. <laughs> when all else fails, use hypnosis. <laughs> and I'll give you the context of where I do it, but you can put this almost anywhere else inside of your process. I tend to use a lot of hypnotic phenomenon in my sessions. I use a lot of very kinesthetic hypnotic phenomenon, and for all of my clients, there's a moment in the middle of the first session where I've created that arm catalepsy, the arm is stiff and rigid, the more you try to bend that thing, it gets even stronger. And credit to Shawn Michael Andrews for this little catchphrase, once you stick them to one thing, you can stick them to something else. 
And hypnotic suggestions are not just words, they're not just thoughts, they're sounds, they're experiences, they're everything. They're also emotions. So I've got you in that arm lock testing convincer moment. And my principle of doing these is that I am not the almighty hypnotist and I command thine arm not to bend. It's instead, I am sitting in the movie theater seat next to you and something really cool is happening that we're both watching together. That's important to this context which is that the arm is stiff and rigid, try to bend that thing and it gets even stronger. That's right, try to bend that thing and it gets even stronger. And I start to smile, their eyes are closed. I start to laugh, which is where I now say, yeah, some people smile at this, it's kind of an odd sensation. And most of them pick up that suggestion, now they start smiling as well. If I've earned the smile, we can lead to the next step. Some people smile, this is kind of an odd sensation. In fact, here's the part you might be talking about later. The rest of your body can keep relaxing. Those, uh, hypnosis is not about the eyelids because check this out. As you look at that arm, open up those eyes, look at that arm, it gets even stronger. Look at that arm, it gets even stronger. Kind of weird, right? <laughs> try to bend now, it gets even stronger. Yeah, try to bend that thing, it gets even stronger. What does that feel like? And I will let them linger in that arm lock with eyes open hypnotic phenomenon for about two or three minutes. At which point, my sort of framework of this, you remember back in the day where they're interviewing the uh, person on the news and in the background, 100 feet away, there's some kids in the background screwing around doing something silly? That's what I let this moment become. They're there in that arm lock testing convincer, and I'm just having a con Yeah, the right arm over there, you can bend the right arm, no problem, right? Yeah, but try the left one, it gets even stronger. Which, those of you listening for technique, it's always cause, effect, pacing, and lead. As you do this, this thing happens more. So as you look at that arm, it gets even stronger. You could bend the right arm, but that makes the left one even stronger. It's just constant linking and compounding in that sequence to maintain that hypnotic phenomenon. But it's where we're having that conversation. But I've got to tell you, here's the part you're going to be talking about later, which just the utterance of that phrase brings all of that attention up to its peak. And it's kind of that buckle up, something's about to happen. So by building that expectation to that peak and by saying, here's the part you're gonna be talking about later, sure enough, they've been talking about it later. Cool. <laughs> and credit to Tom Nicoli for this one, which is that uh, anytime you have your client interacting, some of us do hypnosis where it's a bit more of a monologue of the hypnotist talking at the client. Some of us do work at times where it's a little bit more interactive. Have you ever had that moment where you've gone to have the client verbally interact and they just don't respond? which that's awkward, which again, pacing and leading, cause and effect relationship, as you respond out loud, it carries you even deeper. Or even better, you've been waiting for most of your life to have the last word on this issue. Go ahead and have that moment now. What is it you need to say to yourself? And just by having that framework again, suddenly now they just unleash, they just let it go. So that little bit of a blip at times of you've asked for that verbal interaction and then something doesn't happen, well, you've been waiting for most of your life to have the last word on this issue. And now that we're done, well, are we? <laughs> From various hypnotic textbooks out there, how long is a hypnotic suggestion effective? How long are they in a hypnotic state after emergence. Now my favorite answer to this question, once you've emerged them from hypnosis, how long are they in a hypnotic state? Cheryl Elman wins the award for the best answer to this one because at the time she goes, well, it's gotta be at least 27 years. <laughs> and the whole room turns and goes, what? She goes, no, I quit smoking with hypnosis 27 years ago. It's gotta be at least 27 years. 
So some textbooks would say they're still in a suggestible state upwards of like 20 seconds. Some books I've seen say a minute. Let's simplify this. They are still in a hypnotically suggestible state as long as you continue to deliver hypnotic suggestion. So now that we're done, you know, keep track of how well things go between now and the next time we're here. You know, so keep track if this result happens or this result happens or that result happens. It's your feedback that helps to guide me. And whatever the framework is that they're coming in for, I've described three phenomenal outcomes <laughs> of what they're going to be experiencing. And as a surprise, when they come back the next week, those are often the stories that they're sharing. Which, by the way, too, I completely have killed the virus of the, well, we'll see how it goes. Well, I'm seeing some cringing on that one. <laughs> which is the ultimate kill of the best work you can do. Well, we'll see how it goes which is that moment of, well, oh, thank you so much for coming in and take a look here at my hand and follow my hand up with your eyes as these eyes close down. Reinduction standing in the lobby, that's a nice little dynamic. Pumping full of positive suggestions, a lot of ego strengthening, just to kill that virus of that, well, we'll see how it goes. Which, um, one last thing to kind of build this all together, which I'll give you a framework, as we're doing this morning, to what's about to happen. The disclaimer is I'm about to ask a question of everybody in this room, and if you are a yes to it, I want you to raise your hand. But again, I don't want to know what it is, okay? So that shouldn't make sense yet because I haven't asked the question yet. But if you're a yes, all I want you to do is raise your hand if this is the case. If you are experiencing some level of physical discomfort that you would like to relieve for while you're sitting in this room today, raise your hand so I know. And again, I don't want to know what it is. And just because you're right here in the middle, I don't want to know what it is, but I just want you to kind of calibrate what that awareness of that sensation is from like zero to 10, where zero is nothing, 10 is the worst it could be. What's it at about now? Six. Six. Would you like to change that? Yes. Close your eyes. And just focus. And through the comfort of those closed eyes, feel this. That's right. And when you're ready, come on back. And what's it at now? Two. We went from a six to a two. We went to about you know a third of what it was before in a matter of seconds. Now, here's the disclaimer. I'm about to debunk everything that just happened. You're going to hold on to every bit of the benefit. But there's one question that made that work. And what do you notice now? By asking the question, what do you notice now? It drives someone inside to find for a, look for a change. But even better, now that you understand how it worked, go back to that sensation that was there before. What do you notice now? And when you're ready, come on back. Even better, which again, you will hold on to every bit of this benefit here in this room where it's safe for you just from that expectation by asking the question, what do you notice now? It drives them inside to look for a change. So again, that virus of the, we'll see how it goes. The more you can, what do you notice now? Your clients, the more you can build that framework, get that feedback solidified in the room. So as they're walking out the door, they already have that result. So my goal this morning, was to take all the things that we do in this community which are incredibly effective. 
all the things that we already know work, that have stood the test of time. So many of these strategies as hypnotists that we use time and time again because they work. We have cool things happen with our clients and we play the game of going, how do I reproduce that? How do I make that more consistent? So by looking at the techniques that you already know and changing the framework around it, a little bit of ethical influence, a little bit of positive persuasion to take the work that you do and make it more effective. And as you consider all the techniques that you already know as hypnotists and look at them now, what do you notice now? Thank you, everybody. <laughs>